Kingdom. Sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we had a bad feeling that it might appear, and yesterday we got confirmation. Our first highly pathogenic avian influenza detection happening in Jefferson County. It's one of the stories we're following for you on a Tuesday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Aaron Zimmerman's got the latest with Wisconsin Ag Secretary Randy Romanski and our Wisconsin State Veterinarian Darlene Conkle. Not since 2015 has Wisconsin had to deal with avian influenza, and uh, it could cost us some birds. We're going to talk more about that, like I said, as the morning unfolds. Weather-wise, today, sunshine on the way. 55 are expected high. Tomorrow, an amazing 65 under partly cloudy skies. Thursday, a little cooler, back to 55 under cloudy skies. Friday, we've got a chance for rain and snow showers in 44. And then Saturday, back up to 51 degrees. Not a lot that you can complain about when it comes to this kind of weather in mid-March. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, has weather details coming up. And John Heinberg, Market Advisor, with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, giving us the latest update on what's happening with the Russia-Ukraine situation and ripple effects around the world. Lots coming your way. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Well, it may be a couple weeks before we know the verdict on our alfalfa fields, our grass, our shrubs, and even our cover crops. How did they weather another Wisconsin winter? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And not uh, thinking about the quality of the crop withstanding, cover crops have been a major part of conversation in many different conferences across the state. Whether you're advanced in the profession or just getting started, Bob, boy, everybody seems to want to be talking about cover crops one way or the other they really do because they are gaining popularity and importance and value as you said bob osold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn and our jill wilkie recently had a chance to visit with dr abby wick who is with the extension service at north dakota state university if you remember back years ago you used to see a haze in the air that was North Dakota topsoil blowing all the way across Minnesota into Wisconsin. Not anymore because they've learned the value of cover crops. And as Jill found out from Dr. Abby Wick, these are important and will continue to be important for agriculture. That's a great question. And, you know, I often get nervous about leaving my state boundaries of North Dakota to go to another state and talk about soil health because the systems are so different. Um, there's a lot of differences in, in our short growing season in North Dakota versus a longer season here. Obviously, the dairy operations here, we don't have a ton of livestock in North Dakota. Um, and then the acreage of the farms is, is entirely different. 
But there are things that are really common and similar in these systems, like the 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 types of farmers that are interested in these practices. You know, I see a lot of commonalities in the way they, they think and the processes, you know, the practices they want to try. Um, there's a lot of, of things that we can do with mindset that can be adjusted for soil health practices. Um, and then there's some just basic agronomic considerations that I think we need to talk about. Disease transfer between cover crops and our cash crops. Um, things like pest pressures. You have slugs here, but we have crickets and grasshoppers in North Dakota that we have to deal with. And so there's a lot of things that we're just dealing with in general that I think can can cross over. And, and mainly, I just wanted farmers here to think about some of these things as they're adopting new practices and just consider what it means for their operation. We're here at the Cover Crop Conference. And cover crops are really something that's really on the tips of a lot of people's tongues. And you're the specialist in this. I listened to your presentation, and you talked about using it as a tool. So how are cover crops really a tool? Yeah, you know, I think if, if we if we think of all these things as tools and we think about it as a system, then we're going to come up with good solutions. So, for example, a farmer in North Dakota, they would, you know, they may say, I want to do no-till. And I'd say, okay, well, how about no-till plus cover crops, plus water management, plus ditching, and plus rotation. And so thinking of it as a system is really helpful, and, and cover crops are just part of that system. Um, so oftentimes, you know, a farmer will say, well, I want to use cover crops to build soil health. And I'll say, okay, what specifically do you want to do? Is it that you want to manage moisture with cover crops? Because we can do that and we can we can decide if it's working or not. Or how do you want to use these, you know, the cover crops as, as an actual tool in your operation that you can see the change and, and maybe decide if it's working or not? And the cover crop system, a farmer doesn't have to be all in. If he has a field that's working just fine with what he's doing, but he wants to try something on a different field right next door, is that a possibility? Yeah, I think most farmers, they, they start out with cover crops on a small scale. So they'll pick maybe their worst field uh, where they can see the most improvements. That's what a lot of farmers I work with do. They find the one that's kind of like the the D student, right? I mean, if, if you're looking at, at students, you're in education, so you know this, that, that you don't go in and tutor the A student because they're doing okay. You know, everything there is working, they're doing well. But you find the, the C or D student that might need a little bit of help where you can see that change and that growth. And so with the farmers I work with, I, I just want them to find that field where they have a problem. They can identify that problem. Maybe it's only part of the field. And let's try something different to see if it might work and help improve that area. And then if those practices work on those parts of the field where you have issues, then maybe you might apply them to the A student or the better fields just to protect them or to keep them you know, functioning how you want them to. But, but it's not going to be the same across those different parts of the fields and, and, and across the farm. A little bit of thinking outside the box and really catering to each field and each part of the field, which I've been learning a lot about lately. You talked about the mindset of using the cover crops. What is the mindset for using the cover crops? One of the one of the farmers I work with told me this when I when I first started. He said, um, he said, if you're going to just try something, it's probably going to fail. He said, but if you change your mindset to I'm going to make this work. He said, it might not work the first time. It might not work the second time. He goes, but you're going to change it until it does work. And so that's the same thing with cover crops or soil health in general is, is starting out somewhere and deciding what you're going to try first, or sorry, what you're going to make work first. I'm correcting my own words. 
Um, and then and then tweaking it until it fits your system. And then, you know, once it finally fits, you might get changes in climatic conditions. Like in North Dakota, we were really wet and then we got dry and now we might get wet again. You know, and, and so those things are constantly going to shift and be fluid. Um, but if you're going to make it work for your operation, then you're going to stick with it and, and try to get the best possible practices being used together uh, to achieve a goal. And in Wisconsin, sometimes farmers struggle to plant that crop inside that cover crop that's still green. Is there a need to spray to kill those cover crops, or how does that all work and flow with the Wisconsin weather? Oh, man. So it seems uh, this is my first trip to Wisconsin. Um, I'm not sure I know too much about your weather yet, except that it's warmer right now than North Dakota. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that those, those conditions, what I encourage every farmer I work with to do is to go with your gut feeling. And so if they feel like that cover crop is using too much moisture because it's too dry, then terminate it, get rid of it, be done with it. Um, if it's not using enough moisture and they're like, well, maybe I should let it go a little bit longer, then do that. Um, there are certain things you don't need moisture meters. You don't need any of those things to figure out you know, what you know is right in your gut. And so that's what I have farmers go with is, is what are they comfortable with? Um, a lot of them even, you know, if we have a long fall and we get really good cover crop growth in the fall, um, some of them will spray it out when it's vegetative, right? They'll, they'll get in there and spray out their oats or their barley or their rye or whatever, you know, well, probably not rye, but, but something like that. They'll spray it early so it stays vegetative and the residue is easier to plant into the next spring. And that may be that they haven't done it before. They're not comfortable with it. This is their first experience. Um, but I want them to be comfortable going into it. And it's a long winter in North Dakota to think about what you did in the fall and how it's going to work in the spring. So there's no reason to, to fret over it for that period of time uh, if you can do a few things to kind of just manage it and make sure that you're comfortable. One of the key things from your talk that I took out of it was building that network. You can have your person in the middle that kind of knows and people go to but your neighbor down the road might have an answer too. What are the biggest advantages of building a network? So I think when I started in North Dakota 10 years ago, I had no choice but to build a network um, because number one, I did not grow up on a farm. I had no experience with agriculture. I worked in mine land reclamation with coal mines and titanium mines before I came to North Dakota. And so I needed a network of farmers to help me understand um, what they're doing on the farm, the equipment they're using. I also needed the certified crop advisors to to tell me what the other parts of the system involve. What is it like to manage weeds and diseases and how do they navigate that system? And then I needed researchers and I needed other people in extension and people with like the NRCS. Um, I needed all those groups to support me and what I was doing and learning about soil health. And so I thought, what a benefit for farmers to have that same network. What if they could call anybody in that network, whether it's another farmer, a crop advisor, a researcher, extension person, their NRCS office, um, other government agencies, what if they had that network to, to get those answers? Because we certainly, in soil health, we don't know everything, and everything is so specified to, you know, to a farmer's operation, to a specific farmer, to even a part of their field that's maybe 10 acres of 160 acres. So uh, we need that network to, to really get through some of these questions we have in soil health. And the thing I'm learning now is that I'm in Wisconsin is that what if our network extends beyond North Dakota and now we're working with people in Wisconsin and we have part of a network there and there's a group in Ontario that's been really great to work with. And, and what if we all just step out of our state boundaries for a little bit and try to, to get farmers those resources in other states as well so that we can think beyond what we're doing now and, and try to incorporate new practices. So, so that's what we're doing with the network. And I think, I think we're going to see Hopefully I'm coming back to Wisconsin. I like it here. So it'd be great to, to work more with farmers and extension and, and people here as well. And that was Abby Wick from North Dakota State University. And I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. These days, vehicles are powered by many different sources. Tom's Auto Center repairs them all. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. Gas, electric, diesel, and hybrids. Plus, we offer free pickup and delivery within a 10-mile radius. And a loaner car if you need one. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hey everybody, it's the fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on another agriculture adventure to Scotland and Northern Ireland. September 13th through the 23rd, we'll discover the scenery, the people, the agriculture with iconic places like Edinburgh Castle. Also enjoying unique stops at places like a Northern Irish dairy farm. Visit HolidayVacations.com keyword Pam to learn more about the tour or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. As a contractor, time is money. At Advanced Concrete, we pride ourselves on excellent service, like being on time with your delivery, having prompt and experienced drivers. We think you'll agree, Advanced Concrete outperforms the other guys. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on Advanced Concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. What's the difference between shopping William Thomas Custom Jewelry and a franchise jewelry store? The young rep at the franchise store probably knows more about their cell phone than they do exquisite jewelry. And where will they be in the future when you need them? William Thomas Custom Jewelry is a Madison original and they'll be here for you whenever you need them. Creating one-of-a-kind pieces and here for the long haul. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, we keep this up and we're probably going to see a little bit more color starting to pop up on the horizon. Time to check in on our ag weather update as we get rolling on a uh, Tuesday morning. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us, you know, like I said, uh, even even the coolest temperatures we're going to see this week, even the threat of rain, I don't know. I'm good with it all the way around. Yeah, it does sound like uh, an okay early spring pattern. How about that? Now, some people are waking up this morning, though, with a, a little fog, uh, some dense fog advisories out there, huh? Yeah, the dense fog advisory from, call it west central Wisconsin over to northeast Wisconsin from southeast Minnesota as well. Uh, folks around the cross, uh, Winona, Fillmore, and uh, that area in Minnesota, and on into Wisconsin, that dense fog advisory in Buffalo, Trampolo, Jackson, Clark County, and all the way to the northeast part of the state, the dense fog advisory till 10 a.m. this morning. The rest of us, a little patchy fog here and there. That's because of the warmer temperature we had yesterday, the snow that melted, that moisture all just gets trapped right near the surface of the earth. So this morning, uh, as with that air mass has cooled down somewhat, that fog has developed. In fact, I'm looking back here, Mosinee yesterday, they picked up just over an inch of snow. So as those temperatures warmed up, a little of that melt led to some of that fogginess we have today. Not much to talk about weather-wise, a pretty quiet morning. It'd be a pretty quiet day. I kind of like it. 
There's no precipitation nearby lower Michigan and off north of Minnesota. Otherwise, pretty quiet all over in the central part of the U.S. And that's all right, because after the fog and some of the morning clouds we have clear out, we're in for a really nice day with temperatures on the above normal side, even warmer than yesterday. Sounds very fine indeed. And the warmest day is going to be Wednesday. I mentioned it yesterday. With that warm-up, it is going to be pretty breezy. Those south winds gusting up near 20 and 30 miles per hour tomorrow. You know, it's not going to feel as warm as the thermometer may say. But I think we'll take it still sounds very fine for the middle of March. I do expect to cool off a little more as we look toward Thursday and Friday. Nothing drastic. We don't drop into the deep freeze. The bottom doesn't fall out. We just stay a little bit cooler toward the end of the week. Some rain chance in far southern Wisconsin. Still a possibility on toward Friday. And otherwise, I think we look for a very pleasant weekend coming up with a little more of a widespread chance of rain trying to edge in as we look toward the early part of next week on toward Monday and Monday night when things may finally get a little more damp around here. So drier weather, no doubt about that. Sure, we've got some fog this morning, but I expect a good-looking day, another beautiful day tomorrow with a breeze and still pleasant then right on toward the end of this week too. So take advantage, make the most of you a little break here from stormy, wintry-type weather cold and all of that business working into some very nice temperatures and a dry spell. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so One of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. (laughs) Uh, Instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, Even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's hear that forecast. And feel free to repeat the good stuff over and over again. That'll that'll help me out (laughs) on a Tuesday. All right, the dense fog advisory. There it is. Dense fog advisory till 10 a.m. Central Wisconsin from the west to east. And otherwise, after some morning fog almost anywhere, some clouds this morning and skies clearing out. Low 50s in the east could be mid 50s in the west today with the northeast winds about five. We stay clear overnight, not all that cool back down to freezing or just a bit above, and the south winds will be at five. Mostly sunny, warmer, breezy Wednesday. A lot of mid-60s in the west, a little cooler east, but those south winds increasing in the day, 10 to 20. They could easily gust around 30 miles per hour. By Thursday, let's call it mostly cloudy, not quite as nice, mid-50s with the northwest winds at 5 to 10. More clouds even on Friday, Pam, mid-40s. That's back to about normal, but even mid-40s still sounds very fine. I will take it. I will take it for sure. All right. Well, good enough, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Maybe uh, give me Robin's sightings. I've already seen a cardinal in my backyard. We'll do that for Wednesday's conversation, okay? 
Okay, we'll do that. All right, Stumach, Ag Meteorologist with the weather details that you're looking for this morning. And like he said, some folks, if you are headed out on the roads, uh, make sure you're exercising some caution. We do indeed uh, have uh, some of that dense fog advisory hampering folks that are north of La Crosse and also folks that are in northeast Wisconsin. So take her easy out there. Everybody waking up this morning with temperatures in the upper 20s to about 30 degrees. So like I said, just take her easy. Coming up. Well, we knew it was probably going to be a part of our spring. Avian influenza, a highly pathogenic strain, has been detected in the States. We've got details. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You can rely on Blaine's Farm and Fleet for genuine value on quality products, like 50-pound bags of Agrimaster Chick Starter Grower Feed, now $2 off. 50-pound bags of Agrimaster Layer 16% Crumbles or Pellets Poultry Feed and Meat Producer Poultry Feed, also $2 off. Get $5 off 50-pound bags of Agrimaster 2020 Non-Medicated Supreme Calf Milk Replacer. Stock up on 14.4-ounce tubes of Quest Gel Horse Dewormer, on sale just $10.99. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. 16-ounce Farm and Fleet Deluxe Mixed Nuts, just $5.99. Or pick up a 50-pound bag of Farm and Fleet Black Oil Sunflower Seeds on sale $27.99. Blaine's Farm and Fleet is also your headquarters for bee and chick supplies. We carry everything you need to keep your flocks and hives happy and healthy. And buy online at farmandfleet.com for drive through ship to home, or same-day delivery options. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Looking to grow new ideas for your farm? Then visit the WPS Farm Show. For 60 years, farmers have been coming to the show for the latest in farm equipment, services, and technology to boost their business. Don't miss this year's show, filled with ideas to help you grow. Mark your calendar for March 29th through the 31st at the EAA grounds in Oshkosh. For more information and a full list of exhibitors, visit WPSFarmShow.com. Mad City Moving is looking to hire some strong, capable individuals who can delicately handle the job of moving people's precious items. You can potentially earn up to $30 an hour plus up to $1,000 signing bonus. Temporary and full-time positions are available. Learn more at madcitymoving.com, an equal opportunity employer. You can call that your next career move. Mad City Moving, you haven't seen moves like these before. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us, we'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. 80% of you have said you don't want to haggle over car prices. That's 80% of you who don't want to jump through hoops or play games. 
So Bergstrom Automotive got rid of it, all of it. The haggling, the cat and the mouse routine, even the salespeople. Bergstrom Automotive simply has non-commissioned advisors. They're not trying to win a contest or make quotas. They're paid to do nothing more than help you. Bergstrom knows they offer the most desired makes and models out there. Allow them to assist you in selecting the right one for you. Plus, guaranteed credit approval on a vehicle you choose to call your own. While the other places wheel and deal, today's buying experience? The better way is at Bergstrom Automotive. Visit a Bergstrom location near you or bergstromauto.com. Hi, this is Dave Gary with the Princeton Clubs. Since 1987, my team and I have had a couple of goals. Make it really simple for everyone to get started with fitness and keep our world-class facilities available at affordable rates. Well, we've done just that. And over 35 years, I've learned one really important thing. It all starts with you. If you'll decide now is the time to get in shape, we'll help you get there. I promise. At the Princeton Clubs, there's no joining fee. We keep our clubs open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and include free childcare. Our world-class facilities offer almost everything possible and are meticulously cleaned and maintained. We provide an amazing environment to help motivate you, and more importantly, it allows you to feel comfortable while you're improving your health. Now, more than ever, taking care of our bodies, both physically and mentally, it's so important. Come see why we've been voted Madison's best and favorite health club year after year, the Princeton Club, for a better tomorrow. To activate a free trial pass, go to PrincetonClub.net. Oh, so moving forward, I mean, I mean, they have some questions down low, obviously, but you look at this Colgate team now, Zach, the 14th-seeded Raiders. Oh, I told Rowdy, uh, in honor of Colgate going up against the Badgers, I will not be brushing my teeth this whole week. Just oh, uh, nice. just an FYI. Rowdy said he's going to sit in the other producer suite. So, <laughs> Zach, this Colgate team, one of the best nationally when it comes to shooting the three. Can the Badgers um, defensively, can they get after them that way? Because obviously we know the Badgers don't do too well down low. What about guarding the three ball? Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, if you had an option here in the first round of facing a team that has a big that is really good or facing teams that have really good three-point shooters, I think if you're Wisconsin, you would take the three-point shooters. Uh, just simply because of how much they've struggled against talented big men. So uh, can they? Can they? Yes. But Colgate, I mean, Colgate puts up uh, as many threes as almost anybody in the country, and they hit a ton of them. They're second in the country in free th- and uh, three point percentage. Now they were also second in three point percentage last year and ended up losing to Arkansas by eighteen in the first round, though they were up fourteen in the first half. Uh, as fourteen seed against a third seeded Arkansas team, uh, but Arkansas was able to come back. I again, I would. They haven't been horrible against uh, three-point defense. They haven't given the guys a ton of open shots. They're not like a. They're not in the top hundred of uh, field goal defense or three-point defense, but they're much better uh, against three-point shooters than they are against uh, post players. So if this, I mean, of all the matchups you potentially get, I guess this would be uh, the one you would be okay with. Yeah, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. He was down in uh, Indy for the Big Ten tournament and. You didn't have to stay too late, right? Like too long. You probably came back Saturday and then got ready, getting ready for uh, Selection Sunday. So, Zach, you were down. Was it Union South you were at yesterday? Yep. How was the, uh, besides the TV going out as the Midwest oh, region was? Can you take me through that. Like, what, what was happening? So, was Wisconsin going to get their name called or was they just started to unveil the Midwest region? Like, what, what was the sights and sounds down there at Union South yesterday? Yeah, so they had uh, the team there and there were fans there and then they had the people 
uh, all around the screens. And they had screens up all around the the room there. And when things were going to commercial, <laughs> they would turn that off and like start playing music, or the band would start playing. And so when they tried to come back from commercial uh, to do the Midwest region, they couldn't figure out the sound. And so the screen was up there, but there was no sound. And then so they, <laughs> they, they everybody get the screen up there. And then all of a sudden, just as right after they announced, um, I think the the uh, top of that, I think it was the six, the six eleven game, and in Milwaukee, and you're expecting oh, the LSU, to be the, Iowa State, yeah, yeah, you're expecting Wisconsin to like be the next one. The screen goes black. <laughs> the screen goes black, and and you can hear everybody like moan and. Uh, it comes. It like takes. It's like five seconds, ten seconds. Comes back on, and there's Wisconsin as a three seed, and Brad Davison goes crazy, uh, and people in the room go crazy. But uh, yeah, it was. There's a little dramatics to it for sure. Uh, it was. What? It was. It, it was. It, for that type of event, for that to happen, uh, was was amazing. Yeah, the uh, the tech guy probably the engineer probably had a nice little uh, voicemail and email. So Zach, well, three seed for the Badgers, uh, too low, too high, just right. What do you think for this uh, Badger team? I think it's perfect. I think it's also, you know, them losing to Nebraska and losing to Michigan State cost them a two, I think, because you look where they ended up. They're the they're the highest three seed um, of anybody. They're the ninth overall seed. And so you potentially cost them a two seed. What I think it did, though, also was potentially push them into the Midwest region. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're the two seed in the Midwest. They, uh, so instead of, you know, having to potentially go out west or go down south or uh, over uh, east, they get the Midwest region. So now they not only do they get to play potentially two games in Milwaukee, they get to go play in Chicago if they are to make it when they make it if they make it to the Sweet Sixteen. So I think it worked out as as well as you could have hoped. Yeah, this mid- uh, this Midwest. Oh, sorry, yeah. I think Greg Gard. I mean, Greg Gard certainly was happy uh, about how it worked out, and he kind of knew. He said he kind of knew that this was going to be the case. I love it. So looking at the Midwest region, I mean, obviously Kansas is the one seed. You know, your two seed looking at Auburn down there on that side of for Wisconsin. How, when this came out, Rowdy immediately texted me. He's like, I love how this stacks up for the Badgers. How about you, Zach? Yeah, for sure. I mean, your, your potential, I mean, obviously get, you have to get by Colgate, but you potentially get to play a team that just fired their coach and, and their assistant coach, or you get to play an Iowa State team who is, is good. Um, yeah, but should great. they be in the turn? It's kind of like a Michigan thing, right? Like, should they even be in? Should Iowa State be in? I, I don't think a team. I think they are. I think they went seven eleven in the conference. Mm-hmm. I don't think a team like that should be in. in. Yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Sunny blue skies on the way for Wisconsin today. 55 are projected high tomorrow, partly sunny and 65. Thursday clouds roll in, 55. We've got a chance of rain coming up by the time we get to Friday. Don't forget the National Weather Service still hoping that you'll consider becoming an official rainfall reporter They campaigned through the month of March, trying to get citizen scientists from across the state engaged in the process. There is a lot of geography that does not have any representation at all to try to guide the National Weather Service with their forecasting. And remember, that information could be used later this year just in case of disasters relative to the weather. Become a part of that network. You can find details on our website MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, or go directly to the weather site. That's CocoRaz.org, C-O, 
C-O-R-A-H-S dot org. So today, 15th day of March, interesting tidbits on our calendar considering the situation we're in right now with Russia and Ukraine. On this day in 1917, the last emperor of Russia abdicated. It was our Nicholas II of Russia. He abdicated after a February revolution. Later, he, his family, and even some of his servants were executed. It all started on this day back in 1917. On this day in 1990, Mikhail Gorbachev became president of the Soviet Union. Remember, he was one of the first Russian Soviet Union leaders that actually, I won't say had a friendship, but had a productive relationship with the United States at that time. President Ronald Reagan happened on this date, 1990, when Mikhail Gorbachev became president of the Soviet Union. On this day in 1985, the world's first Internet domain was registered. On this day in 1972, Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather premiered. And that one, still around today. And now you know. Well, we continue to gather details about the highly pathogenic avian influenza strain that has cost more than 3,000 birds their lives in states like Delaware, Missouri, as well as Maryland. And now, unfortunately, yesterday, a positive detection right here in Wisconsin. Aaron Zimmerman's got the latest. Highly pathogenic avian influenza has made its way to Wisconsin and has now been confirmed in a Jefferson County poultry flock. State veterinarian Dr. Darlene Conkle shares some more information about what we know now and what the plan is going forward. This is a commercial egg-laying facility in Jefferson County, Wisconsin. Did get confirmation from National Veterinary Services Labs of a highly pathogenic avian influenza strain. Uh, It is an H5. We don't have complete sequencing yet to know if it is the exact same strain that has been circulating in other states. That is the assumption that we're making so far. We do have a team on site of USDA Veterinary Services staff and our own Division of Animal Health staff to assess that site. We're working closely with the flock owners and managers and their veterinarian and also working closely with USDA APHIS Veterinary Services and with our partner state agencies on this response. It is um, still early in this investigation uh, because we have a confirmed positive. Our next steps will involve depopulating the flock and then moving towards disposal of those birds. And our main objective uh, is to prevent spread of this virus, either to other wild birds or to other um, domestic birds, either backyard flocks or other commercial flocks. So that's why we need to act quickly. We do have procedures in place to prevent any movement of, of poultry or poultry products onto or off of that facility. And as we said, we, we've got an incident management team working on this process and working closely with USDA subject matter experts on, on next steps. Especially being that this is such a large facility in Jefferson County, they're paying very close attention to it as well as other facilities in the general area. She also emphasizes that this is why premise registrations are so important so they can check in with these different facilities that are nearby. There are nearly 3 million birds on this facility, which again is no movement on or off at this point. 
we have looked at the surrounding premises as well. This facility, this poultry owner also has a couple of flocks that are that are nearby within 10 kilometers. So given that they're all in the same system, we are looking at those closely as well, and they're being monitored closely as well. And we'll be reaching out to backyard flocks to check in with them and make sure they're all right and not seeing any clinical signs in their birds. We do know that this flock reported, reported a higher than normal death loss in the section of the flock that was affected. So it does cause death of the birds and, and rapid onset of clinical signs. So it is, as the name suggests, a highly pathogenic strain. That again was Dr. Darlene Conkle, state veterinarian for the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. She says, unfortunately, they haven't been able to pinpoint exactly where this virus came from, but they are working as as hard as they can to prevent any continuous spread of the virus around the area. For continuing updates, be sure to stay tuned to the Midwest Farm Report as well as the Wisconsin Department of Ag's website. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do, and our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Your soil is your farm's greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg Way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us in just a moment. Markets are lower in overnight electronic trade, both on Wall Street and as far as most of our grain trade. We'll get to the numbers in just a moment, and then John Heinberg joining us with details coming up. Well, it looks like Wisconsin agriculture is losing another advocate at the state capitol. State Senator Jerry Petrowski from Marathon said that at the end of this term, he's going to retire. He was first elected to the legislature in 1998, and he's actually served on both the Assembly and the Senate Agriculture Committees. He has received awards from Dairy Business Association as friend of the Wisconsin dairy industry. He's also supported rural infrastructure, livestock trailer length exemptions, agriculture forest land, and more. Jerry Petrowski from Marathon, retiring at the end of his term. Markets and overnight electronic trade, like I said, kind of trending lower right now. We've got the Dow Jones Industrial Average down more than 140 points. Currently, May corn is down 8. December new crop down 6 at 646. May soybeans are down 26 cents. November new crop down 20 and a half at 1460. May wheat, that's up 24 cents. July new crop up 24 cents. 1094 a bushel, a lot of concern about the winter wheat we're trying to grow here in the United States and its poor quality ratings as of last week. Dairy complex yesterday in Chicago, the barrel cheese was up two at 203. 40 pound block cheese was unchanged at 219. Double A butter up two and a half cents at 273 and a half per pound. This morning, April milk is up nine at 2399. May milk is unchanged at 2412. June milk unchanged 
at 2420 weight. Again, I want to remind you, today is March 15th. That's kind of a critical deadline for crop insurance as well as other programs administered through the Farm Service Agency office. Please, folks, remember if you have not made some decisions about things like ARC or PLC, make sure you're contacting your Farm Service Agency office today, and hopefully you've already made some of those decisions with your crop insurance provider. Coming up next, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, steps to the telephone live for the latest details on what's happening with Ukraine and Russia and how it's impacting our markets right here at home. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You can rely on Blaine's Farm and Fleet for genuine value on quality products like advanced drainage system tubing, available in solid or slotted tubes, now 10% off. Secure loads with double HH Lockheed's hitch pins. They're strong, safe, and easy to attach, 10% off. Hillman Hardware Nuts, Bolts, and Washers, 15% off. And take 15% off Delavan Hydraulic Cylinders. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. 16-ounce Farm and Fleet Deluxe Mixed Nuts, just $5.99. Or pick up a 50-pound bag of Farm and Fleet Black Oil Sunflower Seeds on sale, $27.99. Blaine's Farm and Fleet is also your headquarters for bee and chick supplies. We carry everything you need to keep your flocks and hives happy and healthy. And buy online at farmandfleet.com for drive through ship to home, or same-day delivery options. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Because of you, someone will feel more at home in their new home. Because of you, living with memory loss is a little less scary. Because you put the Bright Star in senior living. Bright Star is looking for caregivers and resident assistants. Bright Star believes in providing the highest quality assisted living and memory care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Here, we use a lot of F-words. Food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Dense fog advisory in effect for some of you folks in that lacrosse area and north. Also, if you're headed towards northeast Wisconsin, they are going to be battling dense fog until at least mid-morning. And with temperatures that are hovering right around uh, freezing, if not a little colder, watch out for those surfaces as well. Glad you're along with us. So is John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Remember their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. And we start with what everybody's paying attention to, and that's what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine and crude oil prices making some moves this morning, uh, John. But the I guess right now the good news is it's moves that should uh, at least allow us to take a breath as consumers at the pump maybe. 
Yeah, we'll see if that you know trickles on through. I mean, typically we do see some type of easing there. It'd be nice to see that you know four dollars a gallon is you know starting to hit the pocketbooks for quite a few people already. I would assume you know crude oil's had a pretty much a free fall since we've kind of topped at that one thirty level on that front month April contract, and you know we saw a big correction a couple weeks back when we had the day we were down over twenty when there's talk of you know possibly some of the OPEC nations opening up some production. Now this most recent move is now tied to China. Uh, COVID returns again and come, comes back into the marketplace. We've got some spikes in some very key cities, and China's locking those cities down. So that's causing some demand concerns. Obviously, when you're talking when you know when the world's uh, largest user of products has has issues of that nature, it trickles through the markets. And here's a market that was so overbought with people pouring into it, they're caught on the wrong side, and now we're seeing some technical selling. Hopefully we're at a spot, well, at least in terms of the, the sell-off side of it, that we can find some footing. We're about the 50% retracement of where we started this back in December on this rally. So it might be a spot here we can find some footing and then maybe actually find some equilibrium where prices should be. Well, hopefully it's not going to be a long-time lockdown in China. I saw that this morning. Uh, literally, I thought it was like 37 million people in different provinces that are in a lockdown, and they think it's the Omicron variant that uh, they're battling right now, but uh, that's that's all for them to uh, divulge later. You know, the other issue that's still involving some of China is whether or not they are going to be collaborating with Russia, and that's got the whole world anxious. Yeah, the, the market's kind of dancing a little bit yesterday morning as well, and you know, do we see that continue to, you know, cause things to grow in terms of escalations or prolong the situation that's happening in the Ukraine? And you know, again, these markets right now they don't need a whole lot. A headline an hour can get this thing to move around extremely quickly. And what we may start seeing here is a little bit of risk off. And you know, we're seeing it in the corn and the soybean markets as carryover from that crude oil move is that longs that are in those markets are getting a little cautious and they're moving some money to the sidelines. Now, again, nothing's changed in terms of the fundamentals of the market. In fact, you know, we may wind up pushing this the wrong way for a while, which is only going to put things on sale in terms of what these global import orders are needing and then we'll see this market find some stability so it's going to be an interesting few days here we're watching what's happening with the grains and you know on the technical side because a lot of times some the fundamentals don't matter if the money just wants to move one way or another right now this morning it looks like the money's getting away from some of our new crop commodities talk to me a little bit about what you're hearing on wheat uh that's obviously become the area where people are focusing global attention but here at home i'm thinking more about the weather related uh, ramifications yeah, exactly. You know, wheat market is so key when you're talking about global food supplies, and that's still one of the biggest concerns. And that's why we saw the move that we did. And you know, now we're look, now we may be shifting back to the weather here in the United States. That could be the next thing that wheat has in front of it. And you know, we got the crop ratings yesterday for the winter wheat crop. Things are not doing very well overall as we continue to deal with dryness issues. Kansas at 23%, good to excellent on the winter wheat crop. They're the largest producer of winter wheat here in the United States. You know, number two is. Texas, which is you know a far step below Kansas in terms of production, but they're looking at 75% of that crop is poor to very poor, and only 6% of it is a good to excellent as they continue to deal with the dry weather. Now, Oklahoma picked up a little rain, so they saw their ratings jump, but overall, we're looking at a crop that's about 24% good to excellent, and that's going to be something that could be limited, especially with terms of the acres that we put out there as well. So that might become the next story as this world is still looking for wheat supplies, and that's some of the reason we are seeing some strength in the wheat market this morning as those continued ratings and I look at forecasts that don't seem to show any improvement overall for that majority of that region.
Yeah, and that's, uh, like I said, that's just going to be a continuing story uh, we'll keep an eye on. And we're not, uh, you know, the other story that's been kind of talked about with farm broadcasters is this whole unsettling situation that agriculture is looking at behind, between uh, escalated, escalated input costs, and now this big question mark on the new crop opportunities, not a lot of farmers ready to stick their finger in the water and forward contract. You know, that is a bit of a concern. A lot of people don't just want to get stuck behind the fence here. And, you know, the fear of missing out mentality comes into play. And, you know, because there are a good portion of people and I've talked to, you know, my my share of guys here, too, that they've already moved corn when they thought prices were great earlier this year. And now things have taken off. So but that also can turn into a bit of a crutch in terms of the fact that now I don't want to make next sales. or I'm concerned about where we are. You know, it, it's a very difficult time. And, and there's a lot of questions in people's heads you know what we need to do the biggest focus is need to stay disciplined here you know make sure you're looking at the opportunities that are out there and look at the balance sheet you know can't don't swing for home runs here base hits are just as nice as anything else here and make sure you're taking advantage of these prices i know there's still a lot of uncertainties about inputs but you know we all know that these markets can move extremely quickly and the next thing you know we've left a dollar on the table when you had a chance to at least start getting some sales going you know again make sure you're talking with people like myself or other types of risk management operations and make sure you're covering that risk that's in this market right now because there's a lot of great opportunity but at the same time when you get that opportunity is when we also have the biggest risk john heinberg market advisor total farm marketing out of west bend's along with us their website totalfarmmarketing.com their toll-free number 800-334-9779 about 60 seconds left john let's talk about cattle that was another newsmaker yesterday yeah, finally got a bit of a move in that cattle market. Needed to wake up a little bit anyway, given where we are. You know, you're still looking at prices in terms of the retail side at very strong levels. Now we got a nice little forecast pop here for the eastern half of the country in terms of some warmer weather. And the market finally showed some value, and we saw a good move and a good correction off some of those lows. Weakening grains also helped that out yesterday as well. So to me, it felt like cattle market's been undervalued, and well, we'll see what the cash trade does this week, if it can help support this rally. But again, the numbers in terms of cattle and hogs are still thin out there and again the demand stays high so it feels like these prices especially with the inputs where they are needs to come a little bit higher all right buddy well we'll catch up with you next week and see uh, it's it's an every hour news making situation right now folks but john heinberg keeping us up to date uh, have a good one john thanks for the content thanks have a good week john heinberg market advisor total farm marketing out of west bend like i said and he reiterated if you've got questions if you uh, just don't know which way to turn Turn towards guys like John Heinberg. That risk management aspect, very critical. Totalfarmmarketing.com, 800-334-9779. I'm glad he's doing the talking when it comes to complicated issues like that. Tomorrow, we'll catch up with our friends from the Steffes Auction Group. That's another hot market that we're watching. This is the Midwest Farm Report.